Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Bob Stoffer joining you from St. Paul, Minnesota. The Oilers in the Minnesota Wild tonight. On the Oilers Radio Network, Cam Moon, myself, Rob Brown, and Reed Wilkins will have the call of the game. The puck drop begins at 6 o'clock Edmonton time. Uh, Louis, uh, Jack Michaels, and Gene Principe um, will have the uh, NHL Hockey on Rogers call for you on the TV side. We will head off to the River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline, but not before I tell you that guests on this show receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Whether you're celebrating a special moment or simply savoring a night of the town, every meal's an occasion at Roos Chris Steakhouse. It's the greatest steak you've ever had. And uh, we were a little bit disappointed when we landed last night. There's a fine restaurant here in town by the name of the St. Paul Grill, one of the best in the city not open on Monday. So that was a bit of a bummer for anybody. But you know what? It's all about perspective. I know a week ago, the uh, Alberta Golden Bears flying back from Halifax had a planes, trains, and automobiles type trip. Uh, they got delayed flying out of Halifax into Toronto, missed their connector back to Edmonton, had to fly into Calgary and bus from Calgary into Edmonton. And ended up having a 31-hour travel day. I think Mark Spector, our next guest, did something similar yesterday. Sportsnet spec for the horses and horse racing, Alberta, exciting live thoroughbred racing, returning to Century Mile Racetrack Saturday, April 30th. The post time is 3.45 p.m. Mark Spector, how you doing? Good. Bobby, how are you today? Good. You made it? Yeah, just, uh, you know what? You travel enough and your, your card's going to get pulled, right? I had to miss my... My early flight out of Edmonton was uh, about two hours late leaving. Missed my connector in Calgary. There was no more flights to Mini, so I spent the night in Calgary last night. Got in here just before noon. So that's okay. I'm here to cover a hockey game. Oh, I'm not the worst for wear. Watched the Blue Jays play in a Calgary hotel room last night. And had a cold beer, Bobby. I got to admit it. <laughs> you, you had a you had a cold beer, and you maybe needed two because you dreaded to go where no man should go. Uh, and, and that is to discuss Yessa Pugliarvi. It's interesting. Uh, I put a tweet out yesterday on um, Vander Kane about, uh, you know, has there been a better in-season addition in the league than Evander Kane? And, I mean, the numbers speak for themselves. The guy's sitting here with 16 goals and 29 points in 34 games. He's plus 17. Um, off the top of my head in those 34 games, uh, I believe... Edmonton's record is 22 
nine and three. That's a pretty good record. And somebody tweeted at me and said, how dare you talk about anybody other than Jesse Pugliarvi today? So uh, let's get to it, Spec, because I know people are going to want to hear it. This is a really interesting one for me with Pugliarvi. I'll give a quick thought on my take. Um, you know, the game against Colorado, he got two of the best looks in the game on two-on-ones from um, Connor McDavid. If he scores either of those times, it changes the complexion of the game. He's he's come a ways as a player. There's no question that both he and Kyler Yamamoto, despite the complete difference in frame and body size, they, they both do a good job in puck retrieval. There's strengths to their games. But there, there's a thing, you know, in baseball they talk about three, four, five hitters and the opportunities that come in those at-bats and you got to deliver. So it's entirely, in my opinion, it's entirely possible to say and recognize, yes, Apollyarvi does good things. The Oilers are getting good results when he's on the ice. Of course, he is playing with Connor McDavid. Uh, that, you know, he, he, he does help numbers for some of Edmonton's players in terms of the possession metrics. That's a completely fair statement, all the while saying you like to see him finish at a greater rate. What would be your response to that? Would you agree or disagree with that sentiment? Yeah, it's all true. All those metrics point out that when he's on the ice, you know, McDavid's better and all those things. I, I question a lot of those metrics in terms of, I think I always look at the analytics as in a bigger picture. You know, what would you say when a coach is, you know, when a GM's building a team or a coach is analyzing a player, how much of the product, you know, how much of the pie is the analytics when you're looking at a player? Is it? 30 percent is 25 percent you know bob right well what you know what would you say when we say analytics is a certain piece of the pie let's say just for fun it's a third of the pie i guess who knows what sure. it really is so that's how i look at yes he i look at those stats and i see those stats and i say okay you know that's a piece of the pie with yes he but it's a far below half the pie Right, I would say to you that teams that that make you know the great analytics guys here, Kyle Dubas, I think John Chaka and Phoenix was supposed to be a guy who was building his team strictly through analytics. You know, it hasn't worked yet. So the point, I guess, I would say to you is, I first of all, I believe in the player. He's a good player, and he's going to get better. He's a young guy. Seems like he's kind of a couple years behind his curve. Like when he was. 20, he played like an 18-year-old. When he was 22, he played like a 20-year-old. Now he's, I think he's, what is he, May 7th, Paul, his birthday? He's coming up, he'll be 24. Yeah, he's turning 24 here. He's 23 yeah. right now, and he's... Right, and he's making, he's, he's learning the defensive game. He's, he's doing a lot of smarter things now than he did the first time. He's playing like, you know, as a fourth overall pick, he's kind of playing like a 22-year-old. So that's okay. So it takes a little longer. Like, I still think he'll get there. But I don't see a player who's there yet the way a lot of our listeners do. I don't see a player who – I think the analytics are, are uh, completely off base, you know, in terms of uh, – I think if they're 30% of a normal player, I think they're 10% of this player. I think there's a, there's a lot more to his game than – I think those numbers prop up the player, Bob, is what I'm trying to say. Uh, well, like, you know, analytics people... also told us Mark Fain was a good player, right? Analytics also told us that Pouliot was awesome. They said Martin Marinson was a big loss. So they're not always right, hey? No, well, so, I mean, it's interesting because I have time for them. And on stuff that I don't understand, I have a thirst for knowledge to understand more. Like, I don't have an honors... As you know, Mark, I'm very quick with numbers, and I have a really good memory for detail. And I'm, I'm not being arrogant saying that. You know that's true. Yeah, you do. Um, 
But that said, uh, I'm not an honors mathematician. Like, I know one. His name's Gautam Rao. He, he's got Castle Rock Research, and he's one of the most brilliant guys I've ever met. The guy was in the World Series of Poker, okay? That's a guy that truly fundamentally understands logarithms and numbers and and can project things. And if I were to partner with somebody in town to build up an analytic, that'd be the type of guy I would say, all right, and, and look, he's not hurting he doesn't need to sit here and grind away at x amount of dollars to work his way up in hockey analytics i'm just saying that that there's there's stuff beyond my breadth at times that i have a desire to learn more from what i find interesting like here's an example i had people say to me on sunday well he's the orders yuri letnin and yuri letnin killed penalties Yes, a Pugliarvi has not. To this, oh I do God. think Yes, a Pugliarvi could get to the point, spec where he could be an effective penalty killer in time. Because Gary Lettinen won the Selkie, did he not? Yes, and yeah. Yes, he is and not there yet. That's just. Like, oh my God, he's no. Like he's got, but he he does have. Gary Lettinen was a was a superior metrics. player, man. Like uh, who doesn't have all the respect in the world? Larry Gary Lettinen was a. Wow, he was a, one of the best defensive forwards of his generation in hockey. Like, he was, oh my two goodness me. Two-way Yeah, forwards. he was just two-way forward. He, he was a Finnish Geek Carbonell. You know, he was Except with better, with better offense. Now, yeah. it should be stated that people forget that Letnin did not come over until 22. Right, like he he didn't he wasn't a finished product at twenty no pun intended on the finish, a finished product at twenty two twenty three. I've always stated I want to see where he's going to go, but I want to circle back to the opportunity cost. I think Connor McDavid is the most advanced player in the world. Okay, no, nobody's been this fast, this explosive. That can make this many plays. I just gave you the five on five numbers versus the power play numbers in and around mm-hmm. the way. Crosby versus McDavid. And I'm going to get more specific when we get into Pittsburgh. Like if Connor had played in that 05 06 season or 06 07 season and Sid had, you know, broken into the league when there was only, you know, six to seven power plays called a game instead of 11 to 12, they're not close numbers wise, right? Like that. And and so it spikes all it spikes all of the numbers that everybody's with, right? It does. Matt Pat Maroon becomes a twenty seven goal scorer in Edmonton. Alex Chason in half a season on that wing scores twenty two goals. Who was Pat Maroon playing with when he got twenty seven goals in Edmonton? <laughs> right. David and Dreisaitl. And that's yeah. that's the point. I I just wanna see as much as I like Paul Yarby and I do, I think it's fair to say in the game against San Jose, you got two of the best looks. In the game against Colorado, he got two of the best looks. You're hoping to see him finish at a higher rate. Is that not fair, Mark? Well, for sure. Listen, and we're talking small, like this would be the small sample size. So he had a yes. rough game the other night in terms of finishing. He had two of the two best chances of the game and neither went in. But you know what? You'd like to see those. Of course you would. But that I'm not judging a player on one game or two games yeah. or ten games. You know, and even his whole career. But I mean, we're we're talking about a guy that since you know January first, playing with Connor McDavid every night, he's got he's got eleven points, three goals. So uh, that doesn't mean he's a bad player. It doesn't mean I don't like him. There's a player in there, and it's going to come out. He'll be there. But I guess my you know my discrepancy is more with with not with Jesse Pierre by to any extent. It's it's the folks out there who are telling me how great he is, and I'm saying. 
actual goals are more important than expected goals, especially over a large sample size of 30 games. Like 30 games is half a Jesse season almost. He's got three goals and eight points. Cody Cece has more points since January 1st since Paul Yarby. Paul Yarby plays every game with the greatest player in the world. So I don't need to, we don't need to disagree or, or we don't need to argue about is there a bunch more player in Jesse? I think, I think he's going to become twice as good as he is now. I think there's miles for him to go, and I see no reason why he won't get there, much like the way we talked about Darnell Nurse a few years ago when a lot of people said, oh, I'll never be a first-pairing defenseman. We never limited it, you and I, because what was the point of that? So he'll get there. But if the discussion is, is Jesse a great player right now? Is Jesse a first-line player in the National Hockey League today? You can give me a bunch of analytics that prop that theory up, Bob. But it's an analytics fail. I'm here to tell you. A guy that goes 30 games with McDavid and gets three goals, he, he's holding his own up there. He's holding the spot because there's no one to take it from him. But don't tell me he's having a good season. He's not having a good season. He's having a very average season, 11 points since New Year's, playing with McDavid every day. That's not good. Well, and he did. You can he Mark, tell me expected guy- goals all you want, Bob. They don't mean a thing to me. In fairness, he missed 12 games with an injury, and he came out of COVID when he got back in the lineup after Christmas. So here's what I would say. I want to see his finishing rate improve. That for me, When that finishing rate improves, that's when he takes the next step, okay? Absolutely. I, but I'm confident that the finishing rate is going to improve. But there's another problem with what, there's another problem with what transpires between now and then. What's the commensurate rate for the player? That's a big question that people need because Oilers fans like Oilers fans love Nugent Hopkins. They love Nugent Hopkins. We see that. He's the Nuge. He is beloved in this market. We know at the end of the day he took way less money. Like I he could have gotten six million on the open market. Maybe not on a seven year deal, but he could have gotten more he could have got more money per year. But he took less money to stay. And it's a fair contract, and, and he touches all aspects of the game. They love Nugent Hopkins. And my, my, we've got two restricted free agents here, Yamamoto, who scored four goals in 40 games last year at one stretch, by the way. Yep. And he was in the top six. And Paul Yarvey. And I think they're both useful players. They're both 23. I want to see them progress in Edmonton, right? But what's the rate going to be? What's the ma- So I'm going to throw that out to the listeners right now. You and me are both saying we like Paul Yarvey, and I think you're agreeing with me. He needs to finish a little bit more because he's going to get those opportunities with who he's playing with. I think, and it's not just finishing. Like you're, you're also noticing that that you know eight, eight assists in 30 games playing with McDavid and and Kane. Is you know he he needs to mature as a as a guy with a puck on a stick, whether he's shooting or passing it, and he undoubtedly will, Bob. Right, he undoubtedly will, but he needs to mature. He's a, he's still a young player with with very little uh, poise, I would say, with the puck. He doesn't create a ton. The puck, you know, he gets the puck, and he oftentimes is just looking to get rid of it as hard as he can somewhere. He needs to just the game needs to slow down for him a little bit, and it will. And it and, will, but and as long as because we have some people saying you got to give him a seven or now some people would say so. I, I want here's what I want to do on the Ashley Fine Floors text line, Mark. I want people to give me a couple different. Well, tell me what they think that the organization should sign Jesse at. I mean, I had a, I had a really smart analytics type say to me they should capitalize that he's had the lower finishing rate 
and offer them a longer deal, you know, in the seven or eight year range. Do that. And try to get them in the, you know, in the fours or the low fives. And I'm like, oh my, like, I think you're going to have to bridge the, I think they're going to have to bridge both Poli RV and Yamamoto just because they're going to be tight on the cap for two years and then they'll be good. It'll open up a bit. But I'd like to know what the listeners think because people are smart out there. Stoney says, Bob, uh, please inform Mark that Jesse's only had 11 games with McDavid since January the 1st. Um, so we're, cause he, he did play third line, then he played, uh, you know, got moved up a bit. Uh, Josh says the owner should offer Pulleyarvi eight years at 3.5 million. I'm going to tell you right now, Josh, there is no way Marcus Leto would do that deal. Cause he would bet on his player. He would bet on his player. So Three Mark, let's do this. He said eight years at 3.5 million. Oh, There's no way Marcus Leto takes, does that deal. No chance. J- no chance. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a break. Send me the text. Lots of fans are saying, are saying you, you know, I, I, some fans are saying you guys are being fair because you're saying he's got to improve his finishing rate as a player. If he's going to play up there with McDavid, he's got to score more. Um, and others are saying he's perfectly fine the way he is, and lots of people have different perspectives. Mark Spector uh, and Stoffer will return on Oilers now for the horses and horse racing Alberta when we return. 53 in Edmonton. Uh, we're talking about yes, the Pulley Bob Stoffer with you. The Oilers have been in Minnesota against one of the toughest teams in the league. Mark Spector for the horses and horse racing Alberta live. Thoroughbred uh, uh, racing starts again on April the 30th out at Century Mile Racetrack. This text comes in from Bruce. He says, I have to agree with Mark. When it, uh, when we parted ways and Pulley went back to the motherland, he was the big finish flop in my books. He came back better and stepped it up, but he needs to go to another gear. I hate to admit it, but I have to agree with Spec. That one comes to us from Bruce. Again, you can text us at 780-496-0063. Dwight says, I'm thinking to do a bridge deal for 56 and 13, somewhere between two and a half to three and a half million a year for two years. I'd say you're warm there, Dwight. That that's kind of the range that makes sense for me too. Maybe two point two five to three point two five for for each guy, something like that. Let's bring aboard Mark Spector, Sportsnet Spec. So, have you thought about the like? I I, I don't know if the agent when people say "stop, you idiot," you guys didn't bridge nurse and what happened. This is a different. There are other factors in terms of doing longer term deals on guys. Um, and we've got a factor with Evander Kane, which is a whole other question. Um, you know, can you, I mean, it, you take a look at the Oilers' top six mark, and it's a pretty good top six when they've got Kane with McDavid and Pulley and Dry Settle with Hyman and Yamamoto. Those are two pretty nice looking lines. I think in a perfect world, you keep Kane. I don't know if that's possible. And then you got to start looking for potential replacements if you move Kane out. You know, or if, let's, let's rephrase that. If Kane goes to a, a longer term deal elsewhere, because I don't think the Oilers would go beyond, say, three years on Kane at a higher price point. So for me, it does make sense to bridge Poliarvi and, and Yamamoto because they're not completed uh, products at this stage. What, 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 what say you? Would you go, would you prefer going shorter term or would you go longer term on either guy? Well, the deal with a long-term contract coming out of, you know, when you're signing an RFA at the tender age of Poliarvi and Yamamoto is you basically have to overpay them for the first, you know, three years of the deal in hopes that in the last 
three or four years of the deal, you're getting a you're getting a great deal, right? That's how it works. You know, it's not like when you sign Nugent Hopkins or as a UFA. That's different. Then you pick a number that everyone's happy with every year. But the problem would be, I don't think the Oilers can afford, in their cap situation, you're right, Bob, they can't afford to overpay for either of those players for the first three years because they, they're trying to win cups here. They don't have, a, they don't have the extra two and a half, three million bucks it would cost. Like, you want to go seven years with the SC Pogliarvi, it's starting with a five. For sure, it's starting with a five, right? Yeah, maybe a six. I, I mean, a I, I, sure. you know what? And and Rosito has texted us. He's uh, out of Nelson, British Columbia. What about the Clefbaum deal, Bob? In the range of, I think Clefbaum was four point uh, two uh, times seven. He's saying four point five times seven for Jesse. Uh, must be a, a confidence issue. But he looked unreal at the beginning of the year. Now he looks a bit like Bambi on steroids. Uh, hope he can get get it back. Well, again, he does good things. Like the ice is tilted in the right direction when he, he support. You know what? He does a good job in terms of puck retrievals, and he's a bigger body, and he gets in the way. He's pretty effective on backtracker. By next season, I would I would want to find a way to include him on the PK. I would I would find a way to make that happen, where he becomes a penalty killer. For me, that's that's got to be another. For all of the people that want to compare him to Yuri Lettinen. You can't compare him until he starts killing penalties because that was a big part about what Yuri Lettinen did. And again, Lettinen did not start in the NHL until he was 22. So we're thinking of Lettinen back at 27, 28, 29. He was a hell of a player for Minnesota or for uh, Dallas. Let's see where Pugliarvi is, where he can get to at 26, 27, 28. Let's see where he can get to. He's, he's, Larry, Yuri Lettinen was a, such a cerebral player. Like He wasn't the biggest guy. He was a good skater. Didn't have the hardest shot, any of those things, but he was so smart. He just figured out the game and was very, he was a huge part of those Dallas teams that were so good. So, you know, I agree with you, Bob. I think that, that, you know, I mean, first of all, remember this too. This is the team's chance here to, you know, these guys are RFAs, Yamamoto and Pugliarvi. They <laughs> have to use that to their advantage. Well, you have to. Like, everyone hammers on Holland when he pays Keith too much. Uh, and now you're telling them to pay Yamamoto and Pugliarvi too much? I mean, sure, you can gamble and try to sign those guys for seven years, but you're going to be overpaying them by two and a half for the first two, three, four seasons. And I'm just not sure the orders are in that place, Bob. I think what's the call? They both make 1.175, so they got do they have to give them 10% on that as a QL? Yeah, because they're below the league minimum. So they're, you know, whatever, they're, they're both going to get... For fun. I mean, that's come on. We we both know they're going to be way past that number, even on a even on a they're bridge deal. Even on a two, I think, I think you're looking at two point two five to 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 three on a on a two year deal for both guys. Which, frankly, I might I, I think might be livable. And maybe I'm low in that regard, and somebody can educate me otherwise. This text comes in saying neither of you guys thinking about moving a bad contract is a solution to the owners' cap issues. It's mind boggling. Mark and me didn't say anything about that. Mark, it's inevitable somebody's getting traded out of here in the offseason. There's going to be a contract moved out, especially if they find a way to get in on Kane. And if they don't get in on Kane, you know, there's a couple guys that are pending UFAs that are unlikely to stay at their current teams. Like, I'm looking at Perron in St. Louis. I'm going, how the hell does that guy have over 50 points again this season, 33? It's because he's got great hands as he's smart. There's a player that he's not Evander Kane, but he's going to draw some interest out in the market for teams, right? And so we'll, we'll see what happens. But I think you're agree, you'd agree that we expect to see some movement in the offseason. One contract goes at some point. 
Well, you could, you know, the, the big contract everyone's thinking of as we're saying this, Bob, is Zach Cassia. Got two years yeah. left of what? 3.2? Yeah. You know, that's you so, got to attach a big fat draft pick to that contract to move it, right? Mark. Yeah, it's one o'clock. We got to get off to Global News Weather Traffic Update. More of a Spectre and Stoffer for the horses and horse racing Alberta when we return on Winners Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.